everyone. My name's Michael Kaiser. And I'm John Wilson. And welcome to another episode of Make Ours Marvel. This is the 154th episode of the podcast that is taking you on a journey through the Marvel superhero adventures. And we didn't quit the show last week, y'all. We just, we just we pretended. Did. Psych. It was, it was all a joke. Not it. And, I, you know, we don't know if we made y'all mad. We don't know if we just, like, upset everybody. <laughs> but uh, we thought it'd be fun. Um, yeah, hopefully it was fun. We haven't got a reaction yet, but that'll probably be, like, six years from now. Yeah, 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 because we actually managed to have some lead time built into this production schedule now. Um, what did... No, I shall say that in just a second. We are going to be covering on this episode four comics. We're going to be finishing the first week of May, May 2nd, with Thor 142. And then we're going to be diving into May 9th with The X-Men 34, Daredevil 30, and The Avengers 42. Now, I forgot to mention last episode, this is the month that has not brand Eck starting up. And mm. I am going to be reading it. I've already read the first issue. It has no bearing on continuity. We will wow, not be that covering really, it. really made me want to read it. What you just <laughs> did right there. Well, it's satire and it's comedy and you know small doses, right? But it's very. Uh, right. I don't. What does uh, just just from a nerd point of view, like what do index people do? They call that like a different universe or something? I have no idea. There is looking, actually, like, one brief incontinuity scene that we might talk about for, like, 90 seconds when we get to it, but um, mm. I don't know. I don't even know if people try to categorize the universe with Superman and Charlie America. Well, the, C- the CMRO just links the actual 616 characters, so it doesn't create, like, a comical Black Panther option mm-hmm. or anything. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. I was just curious. Dr. Bloom. Speaking of the CMRO... Mm-hmm. I played a little hey, bit. Today. Yeah, hi Travis. I played a little today with it, and I posted some stuff on our Twitter. But just for fun, I haven't seen it yet. Can you guess what our top? I did a top ten list of our titles by story count. Okay. What would be like the top title we've covered? If we're doing story count, then probably yeah. Fantastic Four is not going to be it because we've covered the mm-hmm. most issues of that book. We've covered a lot more stories in. The anthology books. So I'm going to go with Strange Tales. Winner! Yeah! Strange Tales, Tales to Astonish, and Tales of Suspense are our top three, which makes a lot of sense. Because there's two per issue. And then a, and then Journey into Mystery, Fantastic Four, Amazing Spider-Man, Sergeant Fury, Avengers, X-Men, and Daredevil round out the rest. Okay. So that's top ten. Now, what would you say would be our top ten characters? Or at least the first of our top ten. You don't have to guess all ten. The character whose number of stories we've had the most of? Who has appeared the most in the stories we've covered, I guess. However you want to word it. Is that not the Torch? It's Torch is second. Torch is second? Yeah. Who has had... Someone has been in Nick Fury? Someone has been in the Avengers and has two stories in his book every month. A modern story and a flashback story. Is it Nick? It's not Nick Fury? No, he's not in the Avengers. No, he's not. Every month he has a modern story, and it's it's not Captain America. No. I'm confused. Who is it? Thor! Oh, poop! You're right! <laughs> Thor, he, Human Torch, yeah. Yeah, so Thor was in the 16 issues of the Avengers, and he's in his own book, 
And since like issue 96 or whatever, he's had a second story in his own book. So yeah, okay, Thor has had the most stories. Okay, that makes sense. Fury isn't even on here, which actually is kind of surprising now that you say that, but he's not, he's not top 10 anyway. Okay, now, now that might be because CMRO segregates Sergeant Fury. Sergeant Fury is not in the main order. Oh, and I... No, but I think I picked expanded. But I now okay. right now that you say that, I'm not exactly convinced I did. Um, but even if I did it, even if I did, it might, might also be that strange. He has his strange tales appearances are fairly new for us. That's true. Um, but we got Thor, Human Torch, Thing, Hank Pym, Mister Fantastic, Invisible Woman, Iron Man, Captain America, Spider Man rounds out ten. Spider Man is the tenth most. I, that's that's going to change. Yeah, for now. Yeah, that'll change. Uh, but then when I posted on Twitter, someone said, what about villains? And I was like, oh, oh, because the CMRO doesn't really segregate that or, mm-hmm. you know, spell that out when they when they give us our count. But I just did it myself. Who's our number one villain by a mile? Dr. Doom. No, he said at least uh, 30 plus more issues than Dr. Doom or stories than Dr. Doom. Villains with more stories than Dr. Doom. Yeah, because he also ends up being in a modern story and a flashback story and the Red Avengers. Skull. No. No. <laughs> Who was our number one hero? Our number one hero was Thor. So oh, our number one oh Loki. Loki. He's got like fifty stories we've had with this. Okay. Guy. Okay. Because even because even when Thor fights like the uh, some other villain that's more important to the issue, Loki's eyeballs are floating in the background all the time. So Right, right. Loki's Loki's just always in a story. And then it's Doctor Doom, then Dormammu, Sandman Leader, Mandarin, Enchantress, Mole Man, Wizard, and Green Goblin. All right. Red Skull was 11th, so he'll hopefully make his way up there a little better. But that's okay. So, well, speaking of Loki and Thor. Yeah. So let's add more to the count. Right, right. So from the edge of infinity he comes, possessing all the blockbusting powers of the Fantastic Four. That's right, kids. It's Loki. I mean, it's uh, the Scourge <laughs> of the Super Skrull. That guy's back. But also Loki. Yeah. So he's back, been y'all. Uh, it has been a while. We have not seen... Um, I think we've seen him in passing occasionally, but we've not really seen Skrulls ever since mm. um, Johnny and Susan got revenge for their dad's death. Oh, God. And they didn't even look like Skrulls. No, that one they did not. But there was a warlord who was like in charge of sending the Super Scroll after their dad, mm-hmm. and they got revenge on him. Uh, and he, I think, was he wasn't killed. I think someone else was killed, and then he got exiled or something. I don't know. Anyways, he may have been killed. Um, we open this fantastic issue with Thor standing around in like the street with his hammer, and this dude on a motorcycle is like, "Hey, bet you I could run laps around you." And Thor's like, really? 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 <laughs> Special note for nitpickers. Our long-haired hero is not really blocking traffic, or according to long-standing local statute, official vehicles and thunder gods always have the right-of-way. I know that Stan's being silly there, but we have explicitly seen Thor get yelled at by cops for blocking traffic before, so, you know. That's right. That's <laughs> like his thing. A modern majestic masterpiece by Stan the Man Lee and Jack King Kirby, embellished by Vince Coletta, lettered by Artie Simic. So, yeah, so Thor's like, okay, let's do this race thing, but we can't do it here because there's traffic. So let me just hop on the motorcycle with you, swing my hammer, we're going to fly across town where we can race more freely. 
And the guy on the motorcycle is like, no, 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 I was totally kidding. This is more than I asked for. I have bitten off more than I can chew. And Thor lands and he's like, just, 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 just go. And Thor's like, okay, okay, fine, I'll go. So he goes, he turns into Don Blake so he can go to work. Meanwhile, in the far reaches of our own universe is Loki. Now, you may remember how Loki was last seen floating through space with no memory of himself or his past or his life. Turns out, Stan had no memory of that. So Loki's just hanging out in space. He has been exiled from Asgard, but he fully has all of his faculties. And he's like, hmm, how could I get revenge on Thor or whatever? I'm exiled out here in space. <gasps> I know, there's that super scroll with all the powers of the Fantastic Four. He's in trouble with his pa- uh, government people because he's messed up his missions. He's had to patrol this backwater berg like I am. So I'm just going to go sneak my Loki self into his ship uh, uh, invisibly, ghostily, and I'll whisper into his little scroll ear, Hey, go to Earth. Go fight some Thor. You're going to get glory. Yeah, you'll, you'll beat Asgard. And then the scrolls will respect you again. And Super Scrolls like skadoosh, and he flies back to Earth. So he gets to Earth. He flies out of his ship. He's all uh, torchy because he's the torch. He flies out of New York City. Starts like melting trucks and stuff. And Don Blake looks out of his doctor's office and says, "Hey, what's that guy doing? Ah, I'm gonna turn into Thor and stop him." So he does. Turns into Thor. Flies after the Super Scroll. Uses his a hammer to like make a whirlwind around fire scroll, but he turns into thing scroll and starts pounding buildings and throwing them at Thor and Thor's dodging the buildings. And meanwhile, up in Asgard, I was like, Hey, it's Balder. What's up, Balder? And Balder's like, yo, what's up, Odin? Um, Sif and I, we're going to go, we're going to go do a thing. And so I don't really want to take Sif because, you know, she's a woman and women can't really do cool stuff. And Sif is like, I too can do cool stuff. I can do stuff as cool as any man. Don't make me stay behind just because I'm a womanly form. And Oda's like, Balder, you should listen to her. She can do pretty cool stuff. Balder's like, fine, let's go do cool stuff together. So they ride off to do whatever it is they're going to go do. Uh, meanwhile, back on Earth, Asgard, Asgard Thor is fighting the Super Skrull, who's using stretchy powers and invisible powers and fire powers. And you know what stops fire powers? Rain. Thor calls a storm and it rains out the Super Skrull. Um, so they're fighting, just kind of duking it out and whatever, until finally Thor uses his hammer to send Super Skrull, like, off into space against his will, and it just, like, zaps him right back to his ship, and he flies away in his ship, and Loki's like, oh, gosh darn it, curses foiled again. Next issue, the Enchanters. The Enchanters were the people that Baldur and Sif were going to go stop. They're evidently evil, and we're going to evidently see the next issue. This was really fun. It was a very fun uh, especially the opening, very simple story, but opening scene was great yeah. with the with the motorcycle and yeah. If you're looking for a, a story where Thor just kicks booty, this is the story for you. That happens every once in a while. They're just like, you know, we don't want to further any plot, so let's just have him fight something and just totally annihilate it, and then we'll do another issue. But those are always fun because Thor beating up things is fun. Well, not always, because that's kind of what the last couple issues have been. Is Thor just beating up uh, things? But I've I've kind of felt like it was really pointless and didn't plug into anything. This at least was a familiar. What was character. the last couple issues? There was Replicas. Oh goodness! Yeah, and that there, wasn't very fun. There was something before that, the uh, Kang's Growing Man or something like that. The Growing. Oh well, yeah. Well, I mean, you have Kang playing with dolls. It's not going to be that fun, yeah. <laughs> but this is Super Scroll. 
So I guess it was just cooler. And Loki again, even though we've apparently read Loki way too much already. But uh, so I was thinking, like, you know, he throws his hammer and then it like pulls him. But here he is riding a motorcycle and it's pulling both of them. And I was at first I was kind of like, that seems physically odd or impossible. But then I thought it's not impossible. You just have to have a really strong core and ridiculously strong thighs. And I'm sure Thor has both of those things. So mm-hmm. I, I yeah. can see him gripping a motorcycle between his thighs of death while he's yeah. you know, swinging along on his hammer. Yeah. So that was kind of fun. Like, obvi- I don't know. Uh, like, uh, part of me is like thinking, oh, okay, well, this is just filler or whatever. What's wrong with that? I don't know. It's, uh, it was, it's amusing to see Thor just interact for no reason and it kind of goes nowhere, but it was funny. So the last time we saw Loki was in Thor King Size 2 in June of 1966. Mm. He brought the Destroyer to life and Odin condemned him to space. Um, Right. And so that has to have been forgotten. It is no, he's still condemned. Right, but he he hasn't like he had no memory of who he was. I was really curious oh. how they were going to come back from that. Maybe it was like an, a temporary memory loss. Maybe he's like you know go forget yourself for a while. I can see Odin doing that, but um, but yeah. I'll tell you one thing: no one has the ability to stop Loki from projecting his vision to whatever he wants to see mm-hmm. and influence. Like nobody can stop it. Not Odin. Nobody. Which means you can't really <laughs> stop Loki from doing anything right it's kind of powerful like no matter how much you imprison him he'll just be like well loki tv time and just find something to influence he's done that so many times um okay so the scrolls basically sent their top operative to Mm -hmm. the backwaters of alaska to patrol which is weird is that what is that how the super scroll started i totally i kind of can't really remember his origin now um, they gave him all, well, they gave him all the powers of Fantastic Four to go beat the Fantastic Four. And mm. he went after them twice. Um, and the last time was in the Fantastic Four 32-ish, when he was the Invincible Man. His identity as a Super Skull was a surprise. Oh. And that was the story where Franklin Storm died. Right. Okay. And I guess since he failed, it says now he's sentenced to patrol the endless skyways of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Which seems like a real waste of resource to me. Like, you make the super soldier, and yeah, okay, maybe he failed at this, but just going around an endless skyway, meaning nothing, like, you could have him do something. Mm-hmm. I guess he's not uh, required to stay there, though, because he uh, goes back to Earth to get revenge. Yeah, or at least is sneaking off without being watched. That's true, yeah. We get more uh, Don Blake, but not really, just enough for him to transform back and forth. Yeah, so, like, they're doing nothing with Don Blake. His existence as Don Blake, again, is just an excuse to give Thor Earth-based stories. Yeah. His personal life does not matter at all right now. Which is funny, because they got rid of the reason he wanted to be on Earth. So, why is he on Earth? <laughs> why is he on Earth instead of, you know, <laughs> yeah. sifting through life? Um, and I'm like, Thor's Sift? Little, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, see what I did? Thor's like, hey, I've read about this guy. He's bad news. Up, up, and away. And he just like, goes after him. I'm liking this thing that seems to be happening lately where every time a bad guy shows up in a in an unusual book, the other hero's like, oh, I've read about you. Because like, apparently uh, uh, reputations are, are getting around at this point, which mm-hmm. is kind of neat. So like Daredevil knows who Mr. Hyde is or something, even though they've never fought. And I wouldn't have expected it of Odin. 
Because everyone in Asgard is like, Sif, I know you're a warrior, but really it's too dangerous for a girl. Except Odin. And Sif. And, well, yeah, Sif's going to stand up for herself because she's freaking Sif and she knows what's up. Dude, Sif is like immune to 1967 sexism or something. Because mm-hmm. like, she has not been – they try and treat her bad, but she has not allowed herself to be treated bad once. And even this panel, I love it. He's just like, oh, yeah, you can't go. She's like, yes, I can. It's like, wow, we have not got that from uh, Invisible Woman or Wasp or Jane Foster. So Sif is like full on 11. Yeah, Baldur's like telling her, you know, the god that is like a Baldur to me, but I can't permit one whom he treasures to take such a risk. And she's like, is my arm not skillful as any warrior? Is my eye not as keen? Is my courage less true? And Oda's like, you heard her. So she's like, should we leave now or wait? Do you want to wait? She's like, you know, I could kill you, right? <laughs> With this thumb. <laughs> um, there's lots of trash talk in the fight, and Super Scroll is like, I have all these powers. You can't fight all the powers. And Thor fights all the powers. Mm-hmm. He does. I love that he invokes uh, the weather, because we don't see him do that very often. I forget he, do- he can do that. He's the god of thunder, right? He should do that more. Yeah. So that's a really cool panel on 13 where he's like, Making it rain. Yeah. Make it rain. What? And uh, Super Scroll's like, I thought you were defeated. I was certain that I had won. How did this happen? What did I do? What? That was wrong. And Thor says, you attacked the God of Thunder. That's like, so great. Yeah, that was a great exchange. Yes. Yes. Great panel. So all in all, a nice, solid one-shot mm-hmm. thingamabob that's apparently setting up some sort of... Uh, enchanters whatever that is which every time i see it my brain wants to interpret it as enchantress yeah is it enchantress and the enchanters is it like her band they should be she's she's joan jett and janice your enchanters last time every time like like the last five times we've seen the enchantress she's had nothing to do with thor it's like let's bring her back to thor already Mm -hmm. come on she's been an avengers villain not a thor villain i'm tired of her being upset with hawkeye like who cares if she's upset with hawkeye so just a reminder, the scrolls as a people no longer oh. care about Earth for the most part. Um Morat, the the warlord, was the one who was like going after Earth and um he died in issue thirty seven. Um they're not gonna care about Earth again until some Cree related events mm. happen. So pretty soon. Yeah, which is gonna be our next super scroll appearance. In Marvel's Spaceborn Superhero, Captain Marvel, Issue 2. Mm. And we'll see Loki again in five issues, Thor 147. How come they don't make more Super Scrolls? Or how come all Scrolls can't do what he can do, I guess? I guess because it's not just shape-shifting, it's catching on fire. Yeah, because the superpowers are are the thing. They do eventually make more Super Scrolls, but it takes a really long time for that to occur to them. Mm. Um, like make like an Avengers Super Scroll or something, you know. Two thousand eight is when they start bringing out all the Super Scrolls. Maybe nine times out of ten, like the process kills them or something. Oh, maybe. <laughs> make this that up. Yeah. This guy's always good. Um. Okay. Tales of Asgard, home of the mighty Norse gods. I think you said mighty Norse gods, but you know, whatever. So um, should we see what Gene says about this story? And. and <laughs> I'm super tired of Tales of Asgard. I know we're really close now. We are really close. Guess what we will not have in five issues. Oh my god, it's still five issues. It's still five that's issues. That's like that's like twenty eight more episodes or something. <laughs> okay, let's see. This is hundred forty two. Um there we go. Alright. 
So we who are about to die. In the company of Thor, Fandral, and Volstagg, Hogan the Grim has invaded Xanadu, which is now spelled Z-A-N-A, not X-A-N-A, the deadly domain of Mogul of the Mystic Mountain, in order to free Hogan's enslaved countrymen and regain his captured battle standard. Wait a second. Did we know that was the goal? No. Did we know that Hogan's people were still enslaved inside this mountain? Kinda. All I knew is that, that Hogan wanted I, revenge. Yeah. Well, it was yeah, that's true. We don't. I didn't know necessarily his people were in there with him. We yeah. didn't know that at one point he destroyed them or you destroyed know. them. I didn't know he carried them off as slaves. I thought he wiped them out. I didn't think it was like a, a death revenge kind of thing. No, because I think they said like, well, I don't know. They said Hogan escaped. I didn't know if that was escaped death or escaped enslavement. That's just kind of the mental image I've been going with this whole time. So this is new information that we already supposedly knew. But learning of the incredible invasion, the merciless mogul prepares to bring death to all rather than face the awesome justice of the mighty as guardians. So there are firebolts hurtling down from the Mystic Mountain. It's basically turning into a volcano. Face it, faithful one. Stan the Man Lee and Jack King Kirby have done it again, aided by Vince Coletta Inker, Artie Simic Letterer. Um, so all the people surrounding the Mystic Mountain are super sad and scared, um, because, you know, the, the mountain's exploding. Um, Mogul's standing up there in his, like, castle of Xanadu, the sorcerer's sanctum, looking down at all of his destruction. Hogan thinks to set his people free. He thinks to loosen the yoke of slavery, which I put over the land. But instead he has caused destruction without end. So, um, he keeps on blowing stuff up, and, um... Somebody hands him a jar containing the spotted plague. And if you uh, release the spotted plague, it'll kill like an entire try with one drop. And uh, uh, Mogul's like, yes, give me that. And I'll also kick you out. I don't need you anymore. I'm going to get on this flying carpet and fly around and um, show everybody how awesome I am and how scared they need to be. Meanwhile, our heroes are fighting a battle and the... 40 demons of Satan, I think, the horsemen of evil, are approaching from a distance to fight. Have you ever seen the Monty Python on the Holy Grail? Yes. There's that scene where, like, the two guards are watching as John Cleese is charging the castle, and they're just kind of watching, and it cuts back, and he hasn't gotten any closer, and then they're watching some more, and it cuts back, and he hasn't gotten any closer. <laughs> and that does that, like, it does that, like, ten times, and then finally, all of a sudden, he's on them. Right, right, right. Like that's what the, that's what the story reminds me of. Like last issue is exactly the last panel is the same as this last panel. You know, we've gotten no further along, really. It feels yeah. like yeah. The the title of the last chapter kind of resorted to kind of sort of referred to these guys. Um, it mm-hmm. was Alibaba and the forty demons, but they didn't show up until the last panel of that last chapter, and they don't show up until the last panel of this last chapter. They still haven't done anything. <laughs> it's like it's like this chapter should have been them fighting those guys. I yeah. think, but anyway. Um, this is, yeah, this, I wrote down this is the first I've heard of this being Hogan's intention. Um, mm-hmm. We got the flying carpet on page four in centuries to come. Those who survived shall tell of Mogul's flight this night. Um, and we actually have already heard of another origin story for flying carpets. Um, oh, you boy, remember really? Prester John, the, the red bearded guy, that one random Fantastic Four issue who like been traveling the world? Yeah, 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 that's right. And, yep, so, but this story, this, this Tales of Asgard story is full of references to 1001 Nights, which is where we get the mm-hmm. idea of flying carpets, so it's just another one. So what's he doing? He's taking this canister of death and he's gonna go do something with it? Or is he just escaping? 
Um, let's see. He's going to spread the spotted plague throughout the realm. Okay. So he gets on his mystic flying skycraft. This time has and, come for witchery and sorcery most sinister. And the realm is the realm they're in or the realm I think is so. like Asgard. Okay. So, so he's just going to kill everybody that's fighting. Yeah, everyone who's fighting, all of the enslaved people, he's going to kill them now. So what we thought he'd already did to Hogan's people, he's going to go do <laughs> now. Yeah, it's like, I'm I'm tired of all this. I just want to, like, start over. Reboot. So he's just going to kill everybody. Yep. So this is the pre-anti-penultimate chapter of Tales of Asgard, which means oh, fourth from fourth. the end. Well, at least there's love, a word for it. Yep, I love those words. Pre-anti-penultimate. Um, Gene Hendricks is our Asgardian advisor. He's a worshiper of the Norse gods, and he has been sending in his comments on these stories. And he says, wait a second. Wasn't the whole trick with the Mystic Mountain was that it was underground in that jar? Yes, that's right. They, they couldn't find it because it was in the ground. And now it's above ground and not made of crystal. <laughs> yes. Or they're just inside the crystal upside down or something. Maybe, but we have like all the people around the mountain going, oh, no, it's volcanoing all over us. I completely mm-hmm. forgot that. They were in that sandy desert. They had to like go find the crystal entrance. to the. That's to right. The, and then the genie flew out of that attacked them and then they went into it maybe they are maybe like once you're inside the crystal you're in this other land i don't know uh yeah. gene goes on to say as with pretty much everything since the beginning of this storyline i'm pretty sure that you know that flying carpets aren't norse in the least no that's not much of a shocker but yeah but yeah that's all he had to say on this so thank you gene we are we are ready for these and i i actually i don't know if i mentioned this on the last time we talked about the uh tales of asgard but i got to spend new year's eve with Gene Hendricks and his family. And uh, so we watched some anime. We, we had some pizza. We hung out, just kind of socialized for a few hours. And uh, he seems to share our sentiment on the end of Tales of Asgard. It is just um, not going out on a strong note. Well, he's being a good sport, considering it probably hasn't been related to actual Asgardian uh, anything for quite some time. <laughs> I think he knocked out like these last 10 chapters in a pretty short order. <laughs> Because he yeah. reads a chapter, writes a couple of short paragraphs. There's not a whole lot in here for him to comment on. No. Uh, but yeah, he's – so, Gene, we really, really appreciate you doing this. You, with just, us. Just, you could just type 100% false and hit enter if you want. <laughs> 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 um, okay, on to the X-Men. On to the X-Men. I'm excited about the X-Men. Because that's better. Okay. Yeah, I'm not really excited X- about it, but it's better. The X-Men number 34, War. Oh. In a world of darkness. The cover is pretty great. Um, anyway. Uh, let's see. Professor X has been captured. Those five words alone suffice to explain the feeling of nameless dread, which hangs like a tapestry of fear over hero or X-Men HQ. But for such as these, to dread is not to despair. Featuring the matchless malevolence of the macabre mole man and the ruthless entity known as Tyrannus, or is it Tyrannus? Either way, Stan Lee proudly presents a panoramic panoply of race pace-setting pinnacles. What is with the P's on this guy? A new kind of scripting supremacy by Roy Thomas, a new height in artistic accomplishment by Dan Atkins, the same old lettering by Jay Feldman. Which is weird that it's the same old lettering because he's not our usual letterer. And there is a bit of a difference in the style here. I was going to say it's Stanley Presents. Is that normal? Or does he normally take credit for something? 
No, uh, he is he like the editor in chief, I think. So maybe he's just starting to present it this way. This is like straight up all Roy Thomas is doing. Um, okay. So the X-Men are repairing something. I forget what. Oh, was it more Cerebro or something like that? Yeah, they're trying to repair Cerebro still. And Gene's like, well, I'm going to go back to school because I got work and stuff. You boys handle that and guard Professor X. And if anything happens, you all let me know. So she goes home and she sees Carol because that's a person that goes to her school. And Carol's like, oh, Ted called. He wanted you to call back. He said it was urgent. And she's like, oh, gosh, Ted Roberts might or might not know that I am Marvel Girl. And I am stressing out on that mystery. So she goes to a payphone and calls him holding her breath, thinking that that's what the conversation is going to be about. But no, it's not. It's my brother, the cobalt man that you guys let just be my brother again, has been captured. Can you please have the X-Men come meet me? And she's like, um, why would I know? And he's like, I don't have time to be messing around. And he clicks on her. So she's like, gosh, does that mean he knows? Or does he just think I'm associated or what? But anyway, okay. So she calls... And Angel and Cyclops are awake because they're supposed to be like guard. They're taking shifts guarding Professor X. So Cyclops and Beast, I'm sorry, went to sleep. Angel and Iceman are awake. And they decide to go meet up with her and not tell Cyclops and Beast just to let them sleep and leave Professor X unguarded. So they jump into one of those jets that Bobby painted an X on and they meet Marvel Girl and the three of them go to the laboratory, the Cobalt Man laboratory, and his brother's there, and he's like, yeah, um, this dude came in and grabbed him and took him to the center of the Earth. And they're like, what? what? Oh, Marvel Girl the whole time, by the way, is purposely not speaking because she still is not sure if he knows or doesn't know, so she's trying to keep a low profile, even though she's in a mask and an outfit and stuff because she's worried that he'll recognize her. Um, anyway, yeah, so he tells the story – these this dude of blonde hair pops up with a bunch of slave lackey guys and they grab um what is his name anyway donald no ralph ralph okay and ralph had like invented a laser beam no what did he do no he invented a super cobalt ally (laughs) which is what tyrannus wants for some reason even though he can already go up and down into the thing but whatever he kidnaps ralph and um, so the X-Men are going to go down to the thing. They're going to use a vehicle that Ralph left behind, the Super Cobalt vehicle, whatever. So they take it down, down, down. But um, 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 I can't remember what happens. <laughs> they um, crash. For some reason, they crash. Why do they crash? Oh, they hit a stalagmite or something like that. And anyway. Yeah, it doesn't go well. Then they're underground, and they probably didn't get very far because in five seconds, Cyclops is going to find them, catch up with them on a rope. So they must have gone a whole half a mile or something like that. But anyway, they make it underground, and they're attacked by the Mole Man, who is not Tyrannus, and Mole Man's Moloids. And they try their best to fight him. The Mole Man runs to, quote-unquote, escape, but not really. He's actually tricking them into being exposed to some sort of gas, which makes them forget who they are which lets him load their brain with the idea that they're his slaves and they just all buy into that. Meanwhile, Tyrannus, oh, that's what it is. Tyrannus has built a robot and he wants the robot coated in this cobalt alloy because it's stronger than diamond and lasers and stuff and he wants to kill the mole man with it. So Ralph is working on that for him 
And then he's like, and then I'm going to have you kill the whole world with it. And Ralph's like, no, I'll die first. He's like, okay, yeah, you will, sure. Anyway, um, Cyclops and Beast finally wake up, I guess, at some point, and there's a post-it note they left behind or something because they managed to catch up by just using a rope and climbing down. Um, turns out we cut to then the Mole Man. <sighs> he also has a robot. <laughs> um <laughs> And Marvel Girl and Psych and, and Angel and Iceman are now following him religiously because they lost their memory and they just assume that he's telling them the truth. Uh, so, so just just to clarify, yeah. Tyrannus's robot is coded in the Super Cobalt. Yes, Mole Man's robot is made out of diamond. Right. So it's so the hardest substance versus the fictional hardest substance. So Tyrannus is going to win in theory. Um, Cyclops and Beast find the car they left behind. They luckily get in it and drive it because if they didn't, they would have also walked into the mist and lost their memory. But instead, they drive right through it, unbeknownst to them. Um, Tyrannus is attacked by Mole Man's uh, robot. So he sends out his own robot. His robot is superior to Mole Man's robot. And like they're, they get into a sword fight and they his shield gets broken and stuff like that. Um, I can't remember how, but somehow the X-Men snap out of it. Um, I think they get sprayed again with the waters of Lethe and like a double dose um, okay. or something like that. And then somehow Angel knows, even though the thing's coated in cobalt alloy, like Angel can fly up there and he hits it in all the right spots and it, it like breaks apart, explodes in the mud or something like that. Um, and then Tyrannus is upset Ralph punches him. Uh, Tyrannus's things like uh, uh, go to grab him, but the X-Men show up and they beat everybody up. Uh, they also beat up the Mole Man. <sighs> I believe the Mole Man escapes and Tyrannus. Oh, no, they both get captured and the X-Men are like, well, we're not going to put you in jail. We'll do something far worse to you. And so they leave with the car with Ralph. But then it's shown that they left both Moleman and Tyrannus exposed to that gas, which means they've lost their memory and they have no idea who they are or why they were fighting. Just like Loki. So next issue. Would you believe Spider-Man is an agent of Factor 3? The X-Men do. Next issue. Enough said. You sounded like the cartoon. You said that Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, God, this was bad. Like, I couldn't even remember it. It was so bad. Uh, I feel like I had more enjoyable time reading it than the story should have merited as you were recapping it. Because, yeah, (laughs) there is so much. Maybe I didn't sell it right. (laughs) No, it's. Well, A, part of the problem is that this does not continue any of the story ideas we've had in the last chapters. Like, what is this? It's just a random tangent. Um Professor X has been captured, and we're doing nothing. We're going underground and fighting despots. Well, they weren't staying around to guard him. They were waiting for someone to ransom him, I guess. I forgot he got captured. That's right. He's not even there. So that's even weirder that they didn't wake up Cyclops and Beast then. I thought it was to leave them there to guard Professor X, but that was like two issues ago. Now, I did really like the art on this. Dan Atkins is making mm-hmm. me happy as a comic reader. Uh, he, we've seen him have a couple of issues on Submariner. He's going to have a little run on that book. Um, like the fighting it, the, the big red thing that was, you know, one of his issues. Mm-hmm. Um, he does this issue of the X-Men. Then he's going to become the regular artist on Dr. Strange for a while. In addition to Namor. So he's going to be okay. doing two of our defenders for a while. Oh, cool. 
Yeah, the art's pretty good. In particular, he draws faces pretty good sometimes. Like when Gene's on the phone with what's his face, that looks really good. Which is like the full body shots. He just does nice proportions, like page two. Yeah. Um, we don't need maybe quite as much definition on Gene as we're getting. We could probably do with less of that. But, you know, all the shading, everything looks really, really solid. He is giving Cyclops a massive visor. <laughs> I was going to say is that their costumes haven't changed. It's just a style change, right? Because they kind of look mm-hmm. different. But I think um, it's just style. The blues are coming out more, I think. Uh, it may be a color or it may be the shading that's setting off the blue. Because they did get the extra blue in their costumes like five issues ago. Yeah, it's just the yellow cut looks different, but it's just probably more extreme or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the same. I was just looking. So Jean Grey has a great line in this. Page two. Mm-hmm. Angel says, use your head, man. I just don't want all the five of us bleary-eyed if Factor 3 decides to attack us again. Jean says, Scott's right, Warren. Now you and Bobby have a bite to eat and get some rest before I take you over my knee telekinetically. Mm-hmm. Now, spanking women or threatening to as a punishment is such a horrible trope uh-huh. of old-fashioned stories. But I love Gene's reversal of it here. This is delightful. Yeah. I don't know. It's just one of those things of, like, you know, taking one of those things set against women and being able to say it back with meaning is is, is pretty great. Yeah. So and, the, and she has a friend named Carol. She has a friend named Carol. So is, is that, like, a roommate? I don't know. It seemed like she was home, but it could be any room, I guess. I think but it's Carol, home back at college. She yeah, because Carol's college. loading up her purse like she's on her way out. Yeah. I think so it's a room. We don't know anything about her college life except for these two boys that she's been talking to, Calvin Rankin and Ted Roberts, and now Ted Roberts' brother. And it's obviously still very fresh because he still has a bandage on his head. Right. Now, before we go on, I do love the bottom of page two. It's uh-huh. a toll call. So I'll use a payphone, and I just have I was just having a little bit of whiplash from all of the outmoded phone technologies that uh-huh. were still totally normal when I graduated high school and when you were young. It's like payphones were a thing, long distance toll calls were a thing, um, but yeah, they're not anymore. That's why she used the payphone. I was thinking maybe it was some sort of secrecy thing, but yeah, it was just a. When I never had to do nice. that, like long distance service was built into our phone service. But I guess if you mm. didn't have that built in, you'd have to go pay for the call individually on a payphone. Oh yeah, we used to have like long distance was a plan, mm-hmm. you know, as part of your package. And I guess you could just say I don't want long distance. I don't think or, we ever did that, but yeah, I guess me in the '60s that wasn't really part of the pl- package deal anymore, or mm-hmm. yet. But yeah, back when we had house phones, it was a separate price or a separate deal like local was this and long distance was this and it's weird because on cell phones the whole idea of long distance calling is pretty much done away unless you're doing international calls Mm -hmm. um the the uh the idea of long distance calls does still exist on landlines and but unless your phone's like it's like at my school at my school if i want to make a long distance phone call a couple years ago i couldn't do it only the oh. office people had the codes to dial to open up the, long, the lines for long distance. But then we changed our phone system to some voice over IP thing, and now we can do long distance calls. Because it's internet. It's internet based. Yeah. Kids are there's kids listening right now going, what are these guys talking about? Yeah, it's just it's just weird because it's like what was normal in my childhood is yeah. unheard of now. Any, that's, anytime that's you weird. had to dial a one, you better hesitate and make sure you can afford it. And there's the part you know where I learned that one was not the long distance code. 
One was the U.S. country code. I was mm. technically making a call that fell under international call rules, but my number was a one, so it was simple. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you can imagine on page three, uh, please, Gene, I have no time to explain. Just try to get them here right away. Um, are, how, how do you think that I can reach the X-Men? He's like, now is not the time for this. Just go on. I know. <laughs> Enough with your silly secret identity crap. Right, right. <laughs> so he obviously knows, right? Pretty I mean, sure he does. I don't, I'd hate for them to recant on that. Adder, there's some other reason he thinks that she is associated with the X-Men, but that'd be kind of silly. Well, it's like he's having sodas with Scott and Jean, and everything goes to pot. Scott and Jean disappear, and, you know, the sunglasses guy is replaced by a visor guy, and the redheaded mm-hmm. girl is replaced by a redheaded superhero, and you're not supposed to put those two together because... That's pretty uh, convenient. I love that it's such such early days that the X-Men actually care, because that's mm-hmm. not going to last. No. <laughs> um, the Mole Man, page six. Oh, yeah, the Mole Man is now Tyrannus's arch foe. And remember, that's because Tyrannus's immortality well, the Mole Man stole it. He's like, no, this is my well now. Mm-hmm. So Tyrannus is getting yeah. all old and dying. And you mentioned this last time we covered this, when it was all the next issue box. You're like, isn't he old and dying? But I guess he got some of it back because he's young again. Well, I actually looked it up because I couldn't remember, and I thought we might talk about it tonight. So it was like Tales to Astonish in the 80s, 80-something. And he was old, and as the chaos and everybody was running, and he fell, and he found like a little puddle mm. of of the good stuff. And it doesn't show him restore his age in that issue, which is why, I guess, in my brain, I thought he was still old. But you could just surmise that he must have licked a little bit or something. Right. I also was browsing that, perusing that issue, and I did not notice him young and pretty. So I guess I no. missed that he found he yeah. found a puddle. Because they cut away from him as soon as he's like, oh, look, some puddle. And then it cuts to Bruce Banner, and we never see Terrence again. Whenever there's a lettering error with names, I like to see how well it fits, if this is what they actually said. So on page seven, while Jean is going around with Warren and Bobby, she totally calls Warren Scott. Uh-oh. I'll keep you advised on depth reading, Scott. Good girl. How's the Geiger scope working, Iceman? And then Bobby calls him Scott, too. <laughs> it's just like... Oh. So, I don't know. So they forgot. Yeah, Scotty, the, the, the boar is going over the edge too fast. God, all of that was just like, what a waste of time. It just crashed. The mm-hmm. end. <laughs> anyway. They get, they get mind wiped. Yeah, my last note is on page 13. I don't have anything else for the rest of this issue. Okay, fine with me. Um, page 13. Okay, okay. This robot made of diamond. I need uh-huh. issues with this. This is kind of gobsmacking because the cool thing about metal which is why we use metal to make stuff is that it can be melted. It can be reshaped. It can be combined with more metal to make, you know, bigger shapes. And these are all of these things that you can't do to diamond. Diamond just has <laughs> to be chiseled and cut from larger chunks. It's the only thing you can really do hard. to it. So unless you just found like the massively largest thing of diamond ever to make a robot, but then the robot like moves around without any joints. It just moves fluidly. And it's, so it's whatever, but it's comics, whatever. And, and did they, did they, advise each other as to what they were doing i'm making a big giant that's going to wield a sword and shield okay i'm going to do that too or did they just both come up with that idea completely independent of one another i like the fact that they're like <laughs> sending hate mail to each other like they're yeah. not talking but 
like they've they've subtly, not so subtly, let each other know what they're doing. Maybe maybe someone spied on somebody else. I don't know. Because like my robot's gonna have a machine gun, not a sword and a shield. So not a continuation of the pretty decent X Men run we've been having. Um, so be curious to see how the Spider Man chapter feels next issue. Ah, I remember liking let's it a little see bit. if let's see if Spider Man can save it. Spider Man and his amazing. It sounds X-Men. like there's gonna be a mistaken identity. Uh, yep, yep. I know. I know. We get back to the whole search for Factor Three thing because. Which they were doing last time they had Spider-Man. Anyways, 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 anyways. Okay. Um, Daredevil 30, guest starring the Mighty Thor and the Mighty Thor. Because, you know, duplicates. Um, if there should be a Thunder God. So we open with Foggy Nelson looking at a newspaper about a robbery. A two-ton safe. The the door was ripped off like a toy. It's something super strong has done this, which sounds like a bunch of new superpowered menaces at large in the city. And it's like, I'm sure glad it's got nothing to do with us. And Matt's thinking, I wouldn't lay odds on that, Mr. Nelson. Hang loose, hallowed one. Smiling Stan Lee and genial Gene Colan have come up with another blockbuster, aided and abetted by J. Tartaglioni, inker and Artie Simic letterer. Okay, y'all, buckle in. Okay. <laughs> Buckle in, but, uh, you know. So through a bunch of random Don't logic leaps. Too much. Yeah. Through a bunch of random logic leaps, Matt Murdock has figured that this is probably Mr. Hyde and the, King, and the Cobra. Um, so it's like a bunch of like C stands for Catwoman like, type of stuff. Uh, however, he's right. And we cut over to Mr. Hyde and the Cobra uh, ripping off somebody else somewhere else. And, um, they're, you know, roughing up the civilians and Matt's, um, you know, I got to go get them, but I'm not sure how to find them as daredevil. I need to lure them out. You know, last time they were out, they fought Thor a few times. So I wonder if I could just pretend to be Thor and that would like lure them out to like, I got to fight Thor. So he goes to a costume shop. Now, is this the costume shop run by the gladiator? I don't know. You decide. But he gets a Thor costume, which he decides to wear over his Daredevil costume. And he's going to use skin-colored sleeves so that you can see his bare Thor arms. Now, as it happens, the skin-colored sleeves look just like muscular arms. And he's got, like, a rubber face mask, too. So when he has all of this on, he is Thor. But there's one thing that's mixed up, kids at home. This Thor is a lefty. So Matt Murdock's like, I wonder if Thor's left-handed like I am, or if he's right-handed. Uh, no one will notice. It'll be okay. Question is, how am I going to pretend to fly? I know. I'll use my billy club. I'll hold it up against the handle of the hammer and push the eject button, and the end of my billy club will shoot out and hit the head of the hammer and fall down and be useless. No, no. Somehow it's going to snake around the head of the hammer, shoot out, hook onto stuff like it always does, and as I do my web swinging on my billy club, it'll look like I'm flying because I'll have my hammer sticking out. That's the way it's going to work, kids. It's going to be awesome. Oh, but wait a second. You know, I need to go and say hi to Karen and Foggy, which means I need to be dressed as Mike Murdoch. So, okay. I'm Matt Murdoch, dressed as Mike Murdoch, dressed as Daredevil, dressed as Thor. 
So with these 17 Uh layers of clothes on, he flies out and goes to see Karen and Foggy. And they're like, oh, my gosh, why is Thor here? And he's like, hang loose, hooligans. It's just Mike Murdoch. I'm just going to go track down some bad Nicks dressed as Thor because they hate Thor. You know how bad Nicks are. And Foggy's like, dude, um, this is too much. So you're dressed as Daredevil, dressed as Thor. And Matt's like, you don't even know the fourth layer going on here, but I can't talk about that. Um, so, so yeah. So Don Blake hears about Thor swinging around town in his, uh, office, office. office. He's like, there's, there's, there's another Thor out there. Am I, am I going insane? I gotta go see a psychiatrist. No, 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 no. This is Don Blake. He is not Peter Parker full of anxiety. He is man of muscle, ready to beat out anybody who's taking his, his, his name. So he whacks his cane against the floor, turns into Thor, and is off to find the fake Thor and beat his butt. So be it. And he does. He finds the other Thor, flies up to him, and knocks him out of his tree. And fake Thor's like, oh no, that's real Thor. What am I going to do? And actually tries to fight him. Until he realizes this is not a winning proposition. So he takes off his fake Thor clothes, like all of them. Actually, I think, I think real Thor creates a tornado that whips all of Daredevil's clothes off of him. Cause that's how tornadoes mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. And so he's just Daredevil standing there. Uh, and he's like, yeah, I was going to go after Hyde and Cobra and I thought I could dress as you and lure them out. That's all. No big deal. And Thor's like, that was a really stupid, crazy idea. He's like, yeah, well, I, I can handle myself if you don't like it. You know, try fighting me. And Thor's like, I will. And so he punches Daredevil but misses and hits a tree. And Daredevil's like, wow, that tree just got killed. That did me. Um, but Daredevil is fast enough and agile enough and skilled enough with his billy club that he's able to dodge all of Thor's blows. And Thor can't actually hit him. So Daredevil's like, see, I can handle my own. Thor's like, whatever. I got more stuff to take care of. I think there's a replica somewhere. I'm going to go fight. Anyways, bye. So Thor uh, leaves and Mr. Hyde and the Cobra have seen this whole fight. And they're like, let's get Daredevil. So they do. They get Daredevil. And Daredevil is doing pretty well against them for just a minute. Cobra hits him with some sort of stunning zap. They run off. Daredevil goes after them to some deserted looking structure. And inside the deserted-looking structure, while they're fighting, the cops come up on the outside. Hey, Cobra, hide, come out. We saw you fighting, Daredevil. We followed you here. We've got this place surrounded. And so Mr. Hyde splooshes a juice from a vial all over Daredevil's head. Skadoosh. This is a vial that will make a person blind. And it makes Daredevil blind. Like... (laughs) kills his radar sense powers and daredevil is really and truly blind more next issue boy any other story and that would have just he would have been immune to that thing and then beat them up right like and they would have been like plot. Oh. yeah <laughs> right so it's official everybody please stop taking daredevil 1967 seriously it's it is just not. not a thing. It's not a thing. <laughs> if you're looking for Frank Miller, that's a couple years later. Right. right now, this is just a big, giant comedy, and we don't care. And I know I mentioned recently that we're getting into issues I'd never read before for some of our books. I mentioned it with Sergeant Fury, but it's definitely true of Daredevil. I've never read this story before, and I also realize that means I don't know how the Mike Murdoch thing plays out. 
<laughs> I don't know where that's going, but yeah, this is all new for me. It's a real different direction since I don't know when. I don't know what issue. I feel like I've been complaining for a few issues now, like of the silliness. Mm-hmm. It wasn't silly initially, and now it's like getting well, tw- more silly. It could was it the alien issue? Maybe I don't know. Twenty five was when Mike Murdoch came out. I feel like that was when we jumped on the comedy wagon. That's probably and there have been a couple of yeah. off issues in the between, but yeah. Yeah, season. yeah. I think the first appearance of Mike is where it starts changing direction. I'm not going to say going downhill because, you know, maybe some people like the funny. I don't know. It's a different hill. It's a different hill. Um, um, Gene Colan draws Mr. Hyde like Eddie Munster. I do not like his Mr. Hyde, and it might be the inking. It might mm. be that uh, Tartaglioni's inks are just weird on it, but, um, but I'm, not, I'm not a fan of his bad guys in this. I do not really love his... Matt dressed as Mike, dressed as Daredevil, dressed as Thor. Look, either like he's not—he's not necessarily the best for Thor. At least, yeah. And I don't know if that's like intentional that's, because Thor's face is a little off because it's not really Thor. Or well, the real Thor shows up and it's not super awesome either. So, mm-hmm. although that tree punching panel is pretty great, but uh, there are a couple of shots that are almost as awkward as like the first issue or two, whenever he was like super awkwardly drawn. Not that bad, but it's kind of in that direction. Uh, maybe Thor is just a hard character to. To really get grasp and you need a few issues to get it down unless you're kirby um uh i thought this was the first time we'd ever seen matt's eyeballs but then it turns out it was just a mask and he has sunglasses on underneath it's <laughs> 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 like how does that work how does that work and he has also a daredevil mask on under that too Yes. So it's the Thor rubber mask over the Daredevil mask with the red uh, lenses over the sunglasses. (sighs) And yet on page 11, Thor says, verily, because he bought a mask from a Halloween store. Mm -hmm. What? Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, I I mentioned in the, um, in the recap, Peter Parker hears about Spider-Man out there doing things and he thinks he's crazy. Don Blake hears about Thor out there doing things, and he decides to go beat him down. Yeah. Actually, that's just like a really cool difference in the two characters. Uh, uh, it's like more secure with right. oneself. Um, and yet not super think- secure because you need to go kill the other guy. Well, that's true. But that could be more like it's just dangerous someone impersonating Thor and getting away with things maybe. maybe. Like if you, were, if, you were, if you were Superman and you heard someone was going around posing as you, and wouldn't you want to investigate? Probably. Because what if they used your image to open doors or something? Um, do you think it'd be valid? It's not very heroic, I guess. But if I was Daredevil and I heard that Mr. Hyde was roaming around robbing banks and I knew who Mr. Hyde was and I knew he was a Thor villain, would it be okay if I just said, a little out of my league, I'll skip this one? Yeah, when I think Thor villains, I think like big bruisers, right? Absorbing men. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mr. Hyde. But isn't that Mr. Hyde? He's crazy yeah. strong. He is crazy strong. You don't want to mess with that. Maybe not all of them, like Zarko the Tomorrow Man. I don't know, but but still, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't go say let's go fight Thor's villains because I want to go yeah. up against the guy who gave yeah. the Thunder God a run for his money. It's kind of like Spider Man versus the Juggernaut, right? That one issue from the eighties. You don't expect that to work. No, it's one thing if you're patrolling around and you see Mister Hyde and he's about to endanger a life, and okay, I'm going to step in the way and try and do the best I can to stop him. Like he did with that Submariner, that one Submariner issue mm-hmm. that works for me, but he's going out of his way to lure these people out and attack or, you know, t- 
take them down. Yeah. It's like, you can't do that. I guess he's really feeling his oats. Um, yes. Thor fights him with a fraction of my Asgardian strength and kills a tree. Yeah, that was crazy dangerous, that one punch. But I also feel like he must be holding back because otherwise Daredevil would just be dead, probably. Right. If Although he has an oath dodged. to never harm a living thing. <laughs> yeah. Those kinds of crazy oaths that only apply whenever they get mentioned and they don't apply the rest of the time. Right. Just when you're yes. wondering why Thor hasn't killed this person. Um, so Daredevil makes the hide pun, which is great. He's uh, page 17, panel 5. Your speed, your acrobatic skill are meaningly inspired, Mr. Hyde. Too bad you don't have a partner named Seek, because that'd be a really swinging combo. Thor would never make that joke. Yeah, no. <gasps> Unless he's oh. being played by Chris Hemsworth. Mike, mm. it's a, it's Cobra. He could be Hyde and Slink. Yeah. That's who they are. That's who they are That's now, Hyde and Slink. Hyde and Slink. Anyways, um, I don't yeah. buy the whole blind thing at the end, even for a second, but it's comics, so whatever. Not only does it make no sense that it works, but why does hide? Why is that a hide go-to? What was he planning to do with that? Go around blinding people? Does he need to do that? He can rip safes off walls. He is a chemist, though, so I don't mm-hmm. know. I guess it's possible that he had it in there for some reason. Um, I think they intentionally lured him away. Get back to the lab fast. He's sure to follow us. That's just mm-hmm. what I want him to do. Um, I think this is just a specific strategy that he knows he has this blindness thing. It'll, yeah. it'll be Daredevil forever. He says, my formula will be ready when he arrives. So, so the blindness thing shouldn't work because it's Daredevil. Mm-hmm. But then it does work yeah. because if, of comics. If there was five more pages, it would have just been like, why is this not working on him? And then he would win. But instead it's like, oh, this is the last page. So let's make it work. For realsies. To be continued. All right. Okay. Dude. Well, Thor was good. I was just going to say, we've had some whatever tonight, but the backup of Thor was not good. That's where it started. I, I had fun with the Daredevil issue. I mean, it was bonkers. I had a good time with it. I don't know what to say about it. Like, I don't want to admit to liking it, but it doesn't bother me to read it either. But it's like when you're reading it, it's just like, really? They did that? Mm-hmm. It's like, how much crazy can we do before the audience just says, screw this, we're not buying it anymore? <laughs> I guess Frank Miller finds out. <laughs> Avenger, I wonder if it's that silly up to Frank Miller. It can't be. They must, like, realign themselves at some point. But anyway. At some we'll point, the day, Black Widow comes along, and I can't imagine her being part of a farce, a comedy farce. Right. That's true, yeah. Okay, Avengers, the plan and the power, and in this corner, Hercules versus the deadly dynamic Dragon Man. Avengers 42, by the way, if we didn't say that already, which we probably did. Okay, seldom have things looked darker for the mighty Avengers. Goliath and the Wasp are captives of Diablo. Captain America's whereabouts are unknown, and back in their magnificent Midtown mansion. Wait, huh? But let's hear Hawkeye tell it in his own imitable way. And then Hawkeye's complaining, so whatever. Stanley edits and otherwise embellishes a Roy Thomas John Buscema climactic culmination of cooperative creativity, inked by George Bell, lettered by Art Semek, Avengers, Avenger Assemblers, first class. Don't be fooled by this. Okay, whatever. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's 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 Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver, and Hawkeye freaking out and stuff, and also annoyed that Hercules is just really enjoying grapes. And Hawkeye's like, dude, if you had helped us last issue, instead of enjoying grapes, maybe we wouldn't be in this mess. And then Scarlet's like, hey, 
He's just a guest here. He's not actually an official member, so he doesn't really have to help. And she's trying to make the peace. Um, uh, 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 while that's happening, Quicksilver actually reaches out and phones, you know, Tony Stark style. He phones um, Mr. Fantastic and says, we just got an encounter with Diablo. Do you have, like, any ideas where he could be? He's stolen two of our guys. And, of course, Reed Richards has some ideas, so he passes them off, and the three decide to go. And Hercules is like, ah, well, you guys are friends of Thor's, and I kind of swore to Thor that I'd be cool, so I will accompany you. But he's not as nice about it as he has been, so he's getting grumpier. Anyway, they all well, decide to go. He was yelled at for eating the rapes. He was yelled at, but he also didn't help them last issue. Um, we cut to where Diablo is, some, you know, some lonely castle mountain thing that he created with his awesome powers. Um and he has created a bunch of dragon men, like a lot of them. And he wants Hank, the biochemist, to help him bring them to life, like the one that he managed to bring to life, because Diablo no longer has uh, whatever it was that he used to bring him to life. I can't remember what it was now. Yeah, oh, his, his potions, his mystic life-giving potions were lost in the whirlpool in FF number 35. See, I just read the caption. It took like hundreds of years to make more. And it would take a hundred years to make more. So, but Goliath can do it with science. And Goliath is like, "Well, I'm not going to. You're nuts." And he's like, "Okay, well, if you don't, then the the one uh, dragon man that is alive, I'm just going to have him eat Jan." And she, he's like, "What? How dare you?" He's like, "No, no, it's on TV right here. Look, she's captured and unconscious. And any time I could tell that dragon man to just kill her, and he'll probably do it because notoriously he has no problems hurting women." Wait, wait, wait. That's backwards. But anyway, <laughs> um. So the Avengers arrive. They're like, okay, we have two things to do. One, we have to fight. I see Dragon Man on the radar, and he's about to maybe eat Jan, and she's unconscious. So one of us should go over there and deal with that. And then the rest of us should go deal with Diablo and Goliath. And Hercules is like, I will take on the Dragon Man. Ho, ho, whatever. So Lane and he ho-hums his way over there. Quicksilver, Scarlet Witch, and Hawkeye invade the castle, um, and they are stopped by Goliath. And he's like, no, you can't get past me because Diablo's going to hurt Jan if I let anybody in. So I'm going to fight you guys, and I'm going to fight you guys 110%. And so he does that. And speaking of 110%, Dragon Man is fighting Hercules 110%, and he's kind of like ho-humming it back, but doing a pretty good job. Um, he thinks he wins, but then he gets hit from behind really hard um, and seemingly loses. But meanwhile, we cut to... Black Widow, remember her? She's been in this book. Um, she was subjected to the, whatever it was called, Psychotron or something like that. Um, and they're like, now we're going to extract all this information from you. But first, we're going to go have lunch. So they leave. And she's like, psych? I'm not really hurt. And she jumps up out of her chair. And she runs through the facility. And she beats up all these guards. But while that's happening, the head honcho guy and the main scientist who invented the psychotron are watching on television. And the head honcho guy's like, I don't think your weapon works. You failed me. And the science guy's like, no, no, she must. there must be a trick or something I don't understand. And so head honcho guy's like, okay, well, I'm going to press this button and gas her, and then we'll bring her back, and we'll figure out what the trick is. So that's where we leave poor Black Widow. She doesn't quite escape. Um Goliath is just like wailing on his teammates. And then Scarlet Witch is finally like, dude, Hercules is going to save Jan. And Goliath is like, oh, never mind. I'll help you guys. So he joins the Avengers. They take on Diablo. Somehow he holds them back. 
or he has a force field or something like he has an energy shield and they can't get through and Diablo's going to uh, uh, he's going to have Wasp killed when suddenly a red gloved hand reaches out and stops him from pressing the control button and he turns and says who and Cap says it's me Cap and punches him really hard and then punches him again and then throws a shield at him and Diablo's like okay I quit and the Avengers are like, whoa, how'd you get here? And he's like, we have homing beacons in our cars. And they're like, yay for that. <laughs> um, Hercules is not dead, though. Turns out that just made him mad. Don't punch Hercules from behind. It's bad manners. So now he's really fighting Dragon Man, where before he was kind of just ho-humming his way through it. Now he's just wailing on him hard. Dragon Man has no chance because it's Hercules. Um, he throws him into a volcanic pit to seemingly die, maybe. At which point Wasp wakes up and goes, hey, thanks for that. Um, the Avengers crash through the mountain or the castle and they're like to join up with Hercules. Um, Goliath uh, uh, and the Wasp reunite and Hawkeye's like, oh man, I miss Black Widow. Um, Cap rigs the place to blow up like he seems to do in a lot of Avengers issues and they fly away and it blows up. They've got um, Diablo in custody. They go back home and they get a message, they get a dispatch, I don't know from who, but it says, according to this, the Black Widow is a prisoner behind the bamboo curtain. And so now Hawkeye's like, I knew it! She wasn't really working with them, she's a spy, and so now I'm going to save her. Next issue, the most unexpected foe of all, color him the Red Guardian. Dun, dun, dun. Fun. The Red Guardian part, not this issue so much. <laughs> <laughs> No, okay. this wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It wasn't. It wasn't it was bad. Fun. I mean, Diablo. Yeah, yeah exactly. Whatever. I've had. I have some scratching head moments, but there is some cool stuff too. Um, you know, a lot of issues. Hercules comes in and saves the day. Here, they just let Hercules do all the big muscle fighting yeah. while they deal with the the alchemist from the 17th century or whatever he's from. I liked that. So, yeah, I was actually pretty smart. Like, I liked that they were like all in the car. Like, yeah, someone has to fight Dragon Man, and they're just there's like crickets. As they all look at Hercules, someone, someone, who? Do you someone think any should. idea who should fight Dragon Man? He's like, oh, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> He's really strong. Wonder which one of us we risk against a really strong person. Yeah. Um, it felt very real to me. The opening scene. You go to the grocery store and you pick out the groceries that you're gonna buy, and like, you're like, oh, my favorite kind of grapes are on sale. I'm gonna get some grapes. And you take them home, and three days later, you go to the fridge to get your grapes. And somebody has already eaten them. Ah, oh. this is very real family dynamics to me. So like Hawkeye wanted to go and eat his grapes, and Hercules has already eaten a bunch. Yeah, I like that. That's fine. I, I was complimenting Hercules on like being nice to his hosts and and cooperative, but he has not been the last couple issues. And I guess it's probably I think he's just getting more bummed out that he's stuck. yeah. I, I can see that just just going through the emotional dynamics of realizing he's stuck on Earth for a year and it kind of sucks and. Yeah, like by day three, you're just like, okay, I'm officially bored now. So living with the Avengers sounded cool, but um, they're kind of losers sometimes because they always fight and bicker about. <laughs> yeah. Um, Fantastic Four. Ni- or, yeah. Or Fantastic with, Two. With some nice continuity, like Quicksilver mentions trying to get a hold of them before, and we don't know exactly how long ago that was, but it lines up with the fact that last month's Fantastic Four issue, they were in the Pacific Islands fighting the Sentry. And now it's some indeterminate amount of time later, and that issue's over, and they can get a hold of them. 
I liked this issue and last issue. There was this weird kind of this dynamic of Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch trying to keep the team going mm-hmm. and finding it kind of frustrating, but they keep doing it. Like, but sort of exhausting because you've got but, Hawkeye and Hercules. Uh, yeah, yeah, and they're they're uh, butting heads. Hawkeye, also, I guess he just has to have somebody to butt heads with. Yes, uh, and Goliath isn't around, so. Because he's out saving I, I like this idea that they don't really want this role, but they're, they seem like they need to take it mm-hmm. right now until um, the other leader randomly shows up, which we can talk about when we get there. Well, there was that one time, the last time the Avengers fell apart, and Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch were like, wow, um, I guess we're the only ones left. <laughs> so maybe they feel, they feel like they're – I think also they have the most emotional investment in it because this is sort of their identity. They are the mutants – who used to be supervillains, terrorists, and now they're trying to redeem themselves. It's kind of weird. Like I have always thought of Quicksilver. You know, you immediately just think like hot 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 headed guy, right? Mm-hmm. Or like jerk, grumpy grumpy pants jerk guy who really really loves his sister. And I kind of felt that way in X Men, but in Avengers, he's been pretty like uh, upstanding and into being an Avenger. Mm-hmm. As long as so you I don't become Wanda, he's again. pretty okay. Yeah, yeah. Like he's not, he has not gotten the Hawkeye's face outside of like splitting people up from fighting. You would think he and Hawkeye would fight all the time, but he's been pretty okay. Okay. I, I tweeted this page six mm-hmm. Hercules has his head kicked back as he's talking mm-hmm. and it is perfectly in line with the internet national anthem of He-Man going, Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've seen that video, right? No. <gasps> Y'all, he hasn't seen the He-Man Hey Yeah video. Okay, well, we're we're fixing that as soon as this is over. Um, but yeah, this is like a 10-year-old video that everyone, literally everyone on the internet has seen except for Michael Kaiser. Yeah, apparently. So, yeah. Um, Hawkeye makes a line about painting all of his arrows one color. Maybe that'll make him more special. Yeah. <laughs> Green Arrow Slam. Green Arrow Slam, which, I mean, this is 1967, the cool green arrow everyone thinks of didn't exist yet. He was still no. running around with no facial hair. But green arrow had existed for 20 years prior to Hawkeye, so he should have some cred. But yes, yeah, he's a golden age character who was one of the few superheroes that were not canceled in the 50s because he was a Superboy back. Really? Super, yeah. They always they only talk about the big three all the time. They never say green arrow. So Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. But then yeah. in Superboy's Adventure Comics, you also had. Uh, Green Arrow and Aquaman. <gasps> okay, that's it. I'm going around fixing everybody yeah. who's ever said those three and not Green Arrow and Aquaman. That's not fair. Now, Superman also had some characters in Action Comics who didn't get canceled because of the 50s, but they weren't really superhero characters, and they eventually just petered out. And whenever that book lost page counts and the Supergirl strip was popular, they kind of took over. But they weren't canceled because superhero comics ended. They were just canceled because... Nobody wanted to Congorillo is less popular than Supergirl. Oh, Tommy yeah. Tomorrow is less popular than Supergirls. Well, that 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 works. Yeah, I like Eagle Eyes as a fun nickname for Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. It's like saying the same thing with a different bird. <laughs> and at first, I was like, Hawkeye is right there, but it kind of loses meaning after a while. You say Hawkeye, you know? Yeah, they they can't call each other by their actual names. No, that'd be boring. I think um, Goliath, Goliath is way too into fighting the Avengers. And I don't know if that's just because we don't aren't privy to his thought bubbles. Like, at no point does he think to himself, I don't want to do this, but I have to. Mm-hmm. 
It's just like, I'm going to beat you guys down. <laughs> it's like, whoa. It's not, it's not the first time either. I mean, he has fought the Avengers for Jan's sake before. Uh-huh. And yeah, he just, he'll just go to it. When it comes to Jan, he loses stability really quickly and easily. Yes. Yes. So I think scary. that bodes, bodes for the future. Also bodes for the future with his knowledge and interest in uh, artificial life forms. Yeah. I was wondering like, about that. Like, this is the first glimpse towards uh, Ultron someday. Right, right. I feel like this is setting up that direction for the character between last issue and this issue. Um, I feel like this book and Fantastic Four have both enjoyed taking the little subplot that's completely separate from the main story mm-hmm. and just giving it a little bit of juice each issue. And while I don't like uh, 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 the Inhumans, like, I want to like Black Widow, but I feel like it's a little slow for me. Like I hope, I hope they do something. And I also hope they don't just make this about Hawkeye rescuing black widow. Cause that's going to be a big bummer. Uh, well, the red guardian is a plot all about her. Okay. So great. Th- um, the Avengers are going to enter her narrative basically, um, yeah. which is kind of cool. I'm kind of glad that we are covering that story before the black widow movie comes out. Cause we weren't uh-huh. supposed to, the black widow movie was supposed to already be out by now. Right. They but held thanks- it off for us. Yeah. Thanks to COVID. We'll, we'll get to, Maybe never see it. <laughs> we'll at least cover the original Red Guardian story before we do see it. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I like that. Yeah. Um, Diablo on page 14. I have done far more than see you, Avenger. I've prepared for you. And I wish to go on preparing for you. <laughs> it's just it's such a weird line. I've done much more than see you. I've prepared for you. That, yeah. That's, that's weird. Maybe because English is a second language or something. Maybe, maybe. So, like, I know this cap part is supposed to be like this awesome, heck yeah. Mm-hmm. But did it just seem like kind of weird to you too, or was it just me? Like, out where of did nowhere. He come from? And yeah, and and maybe it's the fact that we've got a tales of suspense cap Nick Fury and a strange tales cap Nick Fury going on, and they both reference this story already, or one of them has referenced this story already. Yes, yeah, so it's just I, I, really hard to like put where cap is at this point he's got rick jones's teleportation device or something i did line up the continuity because they do give us that information to actually make a line out of this so okay he, he has the red skull adventure where he turns traitor for a day okay and that day ends while diablo and dragon man are happening with the avengers uh-huh. so cap comes over here and helps the avengers then he and goes then, off with shield what? he goes off okay. with shield for the story that's in strange tales Okay. And he comes back to his suspense series on the airplane as Steve Rogers to get his life, his private life in order. There we go. So that works. Mm-hmm. And I like it but whenever they do the footwork. What's, what's what? an arrow car? And do they all have an arrow car? And They've if been he using has an arrow cars for a while. If he has an arrow car, why did he take an airplane? We haven't read that story mm. yet. We don't know why he took an airplane. Maybe there's a reason. Maybe there is a reason. Maybe he just forgot the keys of the arrow car. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> But he's um, but he's back, so hopefully that means Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver don't have to keep trying to play peacemakers all the time anymore. Hopefully, because he has one thing Captain America does well is mediate. Mm-hmm. Dragon Man dies in lava in this issue, which I had not been expecting, because I know that he doesn't die, but he falls in lava, and that's pretty destructive stuff, so I don't know. I don't know if he dies, but if he does, he's artificial anyway, so you could just... I know he comes... There is a Dragon Man in the future, whether it's this one or a different one or what, but couldn't say. 
Maybe he sends his consciousness to one of the other Dragon Man bodies. Yeah, it's like Ultron 3, Dragon Man 6. Right. It is a little ways off before we see him again. I looked him up. He is back in the Submariner 15. So we've got to get through to the end of the Sonish run of Submariner and then 15 more issues after that before we get to Dragon Man again. Diablo is a little sooner. He is going to be in Marvel Super Heroes 20. You would think a dragon could survive lava because fire and all that, but it is fire. So it's like a statue that came to life. So for some reason, I'm imagining the uh, the red Voltron lion who like lives in a lava cave and like flies out of it whenever he's ready. Dragons mm-hmm. like to do that. They live in lava caves. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed this. This was you know not awesome, but I enjoyed it. I think the only yeah, issue was that good. I was really down on here was the X Men and the back part of Thor. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna pick Daredevil as a favorite either. But no, no, neither of these are the, the favorite. I feel like Avengers right now has been good, but not great. Like it's almost there. I've almost picked it a few times for the month winter, but it never quite beats Fantastic Four or Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I'm honestly just counting down months until the vision arrival, which is 15 from now. That will be awesome. Yes. So I know there's great stuff between now and then you some Avengers, you know, but I'm just counting down. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be cool. But not next time. Next time no. we're not covering the vision. We are going to be covering Fantastic Four 65, Tales to Astonish 94, Amazing Spider-Man 51, and Sergeant Fury 45. Yay. Where can they find us? That's another month. They can find us at MakeOursMarvel.com, or you can just type MakeOursMarvel into your favorite podcast app. Go to the website, though, and you'll find links to your favorite podcast apps or RSS feed, links to our social media on Facebook and Twitter, and a handy contact form you can use to write us a letter, or you can write directly podcast at MakeOursMarvel.com. Also on the website is a link to our PayPal. Uh, You can drop a tip in the tip jar. Uh, to help support the show and uh, pay for the costs of running this thing. want to send thank you out to Ernest Jackson for uh, their support on the show. Thank you so much for that. Um, you can find me on Twitter at John Reads Comics. Mike is on Twitter at Kaiser the Great. Um, we both tweet about stuff we do. And I tweet about comics and Mike likes to tweet about comics. And we're probably going to do a lot of tweeting about the new president that we just got today. So that's pretty cool, too. You might. but Yeah, yeah I might. I mostly I just read things. about comics. Yeah. Well, I try to keep it mostly about comics, but real life yeah, comes I know. through every now and then. I, I know, my, my Facebook is mostly real life, and then comics peek through every now and then. Yeah. So I keep myself balanced. Um, and yeah, so we will be back next week talking about all those comics. So be here then. And uh, until then, or until the next time that Thor has a copy flying around without his permission... And it's a robot clone made by Iron Man. Make ours marvel. marvel.